This is Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait, What? is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele. But my promise before God to apply impartial justice required that I put my personal feelings and political biases aside. Were I to ignore the evidence that has been presented and disregard what I believe my oath and the Constitution demands of me for the sake of a partisan end, it would, I fear, expose my character to history's rebuke and the censure of my own conscience. That was Mitt Romney just before he cast the uh, dissenting vote in the uh, in the Senate. I mean, you know, I've never been a big fan of Mitt, but uh, I have to say he stepped up to the plate this time and told the truth. He really did. And that's not that's not something that we saw from a lot of other people. I know. I know. It, it, I you know it just feels like if that if that didn't get to them. I have a feeling there's a group of, of Republicans that were in there, at least I hope, that they went home and cried themselves to sleep. Right. Well, it's, you know, it's, I, I, I mean, I think part of the problem here is really what we're impeaching Trump for is um, voter suppression. You know, I mean, that's really what the Russian stuff was about. It was about voter suppression and, and this thing with Ukraine was about creating a false narrative so people would not vote or would vote for yep. him. Voter suppression, right. or, you know, there may be another term for it, but it all fits in that rubric. Now, the problem is that Republicans have been actively doing voter suppression for decades now. Oh, yeah. So I have a feeling that the thing that he did is not something they really think is wrong. Well, that could that could explain their their atrocious behavior because they've acquitted him of all of the impeachment charges. They they voted not to hear from a single witness, and they made this decision. And now Trump is going around saying he's exonerated, he's acquitted, he's innocent, and it was a sham, it was a hoax. Right, and really, what we're looking at, at is a party full of cowards. Yeah. Truly, we are. Think, you know, I think that's that's really what happened is they are a party full of cowards. Um, he holds some sway with voters, and they were willing to let him be a dictator, which is what he is now, in exchange for not harming them. It was a cowardly act. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they voted uh, 48, voted yes for impeachment. 47 people, not Mitt Romney was not included about that, voted yes for obstruction of Congress. And not one Republican voted for that. And that's a clear, it's a clear example. If the president says, I'm not giving you anything, I'm not subjecting myself to your constitutionally provided oversight. Right. That's obstruction. It's, you know, this is not even a hard case. No, it, 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 it is not. And I just, uh, right before the vote was taken, Trump's um, Gallup poll approval rating had gone to 49% right before the State of the Union address the, the night before the vote. And that's his highest on record. And I, I, I just don't 
get it. I don't get it. Are really, are there that many people in this country who are that, do I say stupid? Yeah, I think they're morons. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I and I think it. they're waging war. They're waging war on liberals and they're authoritarian by nature. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of evangelical Christians in here. And I hate to say, I hate to be the one to tell you, but there is a group of evangelical Christians who want to rule by authoritarianism. Yeah. And that's another thing that uh, Pew researched and found out. Huh. Um, you know, about 30% of Republican voters uh, are even who are also evangelicals are afraid that if liberals get into power, that they will, that liberals will curtail their right to speak, will curtail their movement, will curtail their right to assemble. Those are the three things they're afraid of. And why are they afraid of that? Because they say, that's what I will do if I can. I will stop liberals from speaking, from assembling, and from being able to pursue their goals. Right. No matter what. So these are the people we're dealing with here. And, you know, in the South... There's a lot of people, a lot of these uh, authoritarian evangelicals running around, and, and I guess I should say other kinds of authoritarians. Yeah. And the schools aren't that good down there, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> well, they, they have uh, Donald Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., is calling for Romney's yeah. expulsion. So he is going, <laughs> Romney has... For which there's no such thing. Well, I know, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, but, go ahead. But he, he was, you know, the... They are coming after Romney. They will come over. I, I wonder if uh, they're, you know, it's almost not worth wondering about because it's clear the Republicans who voted for him are to, mm -hmm. to acquit him are, are uh, they're scared of Trump. They are just scared of Trump. And I'm sure they're scared of Romney too, because, you know, liars are always afraid of truth. Yeah, tellers. But I mean, and that's why Trump is afraid of Nancy Pelosi. Yeah despite what he says and, and what an ass he's yeah. being. Okay, but so now, um, apparently Romney, or not Romney, but Bolton was asked if he was going to, um, if he would honor a subpoena or if he would talk to the people in the House and the Democrats, and, and he said, no, he wouldn't. Um, so they're gonna have to subpoena him Will he obey that subpoena? I don't know. But do you think that there's going to, do you have a sense that there's going to be more information that comes out? Um, and what could they do with it? I mean, it's ridiculous to even think about another impeachment trial based on new information. So do right. we bother? Do we, I mean, the impeachment thing is done. That's a terrific question. I think if they find a reason to impeach him, they should still impeach him. Yeah. I think that they should do it um, if they find another reason to do it. I mean, that's what... Can't we just arrest him? <laughs> well, that would be nice, but that's what they want to do to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a dictatorship does, and we don't want to be a dictatorship. Yeah, but um, I mean, can't we just arrest people for their crimes? I meant Trump. Can't we just yes. arrest Well, Trump? I have Are a feeling crimes? things are piling up. Things are piling up for after he's out. Oh, my own mother keeps saying, I want to see him dragged out of the White House in handcuffs. I want to see him. It's you know, like, me too, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but for a, a caucus of cowardly Republicans. We would have. We would have.
maybe not with the handcuffs, yeah. but uh, so. he would only believe kicking and screaming. Yeah. But now he's running. You know, he's and, running and, around. Like, you know, his State of the Union address was so just. I, I, I honestly, Jimmy, I couldn't watch it. I started. Right. I turned it off. I turned it way down, and I was having a phone call with somebody else working on something. And then later, it was like, oh God, I, I, I want to hear something. I should probably be listening to this. And I tried. I tried. I really did mm -hmm. try. And then I heard him talking about school choice, and 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 it was just like. Oh, oh, shut up. Just shut up. And then when later I so I turned it off. I just, I, I can't go through this. And then later I, I saw the little video clips on online the next day of Nancy Pelosi ripping up the speech. And I thought, man, and people were criticizing her for that. I thought, Lord, I had a violent thought about it. I wanted to take that speech yeah, and right, hit him over right. the head with it. You know, I wanted to take that gavel and hit yes. him over the head with it. Bloody <laughs> pulp. Okay, and, no. and, and let's face it, let's, let's, I mean, let's talk about this for a moment. Okay. We are in a war for democracy. Yeah, we are. We are in a war for democracy. Democrats, liberals, progressives are one army. And authoritarians are the other army, yeah. and they are ruthless. They will do anything. Yeah. So if you think that the, the goal here is to say something that's going to appeal to Joe Farm Boy in the Midwest, and then he will, you know, like what you said and become a Democrat or vote for a Democrat, that's not what's going to happen. Right. These people have put a price on our head. Um, they have marked us, and they are trying to exterminate that's us. That's right. That's right. And, they, they and, uh, and it's, it, it's, it's our job to realize that we're in a war and fight the war. And I think I keep going back to something that you said a couple of, well, several weeks ago. Uh, it, was, it was literally, I think it was last year you said it, and that one of our shows you said that, that this is important even though we pretty much know what the outcome is going to be. We have right. to do this because this is an impeachable offense. We cannot let him go. And when he is acquitted, and he will likely be acquitted, and he was, we will clearly see those who are lawful and those who are not. And I have to say, even I was not expecting the level of or lawlessness that the Republican Party is now engaging yeah. in. This, this, has, this has just been, um, I, I think we have become an international embarrassment. Right. We, people don't even want to be associated with us. They don't know that we've got their back. You know, I mean, they, they, people who count on us don't know that we're going to be there because we've already shown that we won't be, i.e., the money for for Ukraine to to help defend themselves. So people die because of Donald Trump's decision to use the money to to for his own political ends. Right. No, you know that's just how it is. But I, I think that we really need to just know that that's the place we're in. Yeah. And start fighting. Stop, stop trying to cooperate these people into having a, a government. I think we need to basically destroy their influence. I saw something written by um, quoting Marie Yovanovitch today and um, the former ambassador who I believe just resigned, just, just recently resigned. She said, it's the American way to speak up about wrongdoing, even when the odds seem against us even when wrongdoers seem to be rewarded because it's the right thing to do. Freedom is not free. 
I have no regrets. I thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah, and she certainly knows, she's seen this process happen in other countries. Yeah. Where they go from weak democracy to strong authoritarianism. And, um, and I think we all see yeah. it. Well, so now, you know, we all see it. Now we've got this, this, uh, this shift. So the impeachment trial is over. So now we go to the campaign trial. Mm -hmm. And, um, Oh, you want to talk about Iowa now? Yeah. Cause it seems like, well, not necessarily. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about Iowa, but it seems like this is not the, the only place we're going to be able to do anything the only place where we have power now is going to be at the polls we had to have that impeachment trial and if we have to have another one okay but i i don't think that that's going to happen well that's what i was going to say it's the same it's the same justification yeah you do it because it's your job to do it right you do it because it's the right thing not based on you're going to get the right outcome if the evidence is there you do it and that that means happen again um, and I, I have a feeling things are piling up for when Trump leaves office. Yeah, I, th I think so too. You know, I have a feeling there's a lot of stuff that's known, uh, that people are kind of sitting on in, uh, the Southern district of New York. When he no longer has that power <laughs> and he can no longer be, be, uh, protected from, um, being arrested for crimes, then I think they're going to come after him hard. And I sure hope they do. And that's why Rudy Giuliani hasn't been charged yet, I believe, even though his associates are getting ready to go to trial. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a you know slam dunk case on Rudy for several things. But, uh, you know, as, as, as one pundit said the other day, you know, Rudy, before he went crazy, was a reasonable guy. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't... <laughs> I don't ever remember that time myself. I always thought he was an ass, but. Uh. <laughs> He's a little out there. He's a little crazy. Yeah. Okay, so. But Iowa. Iowa. Oh my so gosh. we had another another wacky, and this, this is the point I want to make about this. We had another wacky <laughs> Iowa caucus, which they all are. Yeah. You know? Yes. Well, it's 2012. They declared the Republican caucus at that time, it was the Republicans, declared the wrong winner and didn't fix it for eight days. <laughs> so, yes, they're all like this. I can't, you know. And, and right now they're recounting. They're recounting. Iowa can't run a primary and Florida can't run an election. Those are the two things you can count on every cycle. It's just weird. It doesn't, you, you have in the rural areas, the delegates the number of delegates has more weight than they do in the urban areas. And so now we have the basically the, the older, whiter, more rural parts of Iowa are the parts that are getting. Hicks, you're talking about Hicks. <laughs> you're talking about Hicks. You can't say it because you're an elected yeah, official, well, but that's what you're talking well, about. Well, I don't think everybody in Iowa's a Hick, but yeah. you know. Well, the guys who spend all day in a tractor listening to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, who, by the way, when he was given the Medal of Freedom in the middle of Trump's rally, I, I mean, uh, State of the Union address, um, I just wanted to throw up. I, I, I seriously, oh. Well, you know, in 2015, he said he deserved a medal for being a smoker because smokers fund so many good healthcare things. <laughs> so he got his medal. Congratulations, Rush. You got your medal in lung cancer. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it was just ridiculous. 
Yeah, so this Iowa caucus thing is just, it never works out. It doesn't work. And Nevada also has a caucus. Why do they keep doing it? Because they always did it. And why do they keep being first? why does it matter? Because they really want it and everybody lets them. Well, okay, so maybe we won't let them anymore? This is ridiculous. That's what it feels like. It feels like this is the turning point. I sure hope so. Because we just, this made Democrats look ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. We, we just, we just, you know, lost the impeachment fight. And now we, we, we can't get it together in, in Iowa. And now we learn that, um, I think CNN's reporting that um, Trump supporters were deliberately mucking up the works and they were, right. they were deliberately trying to break down communications by, by making prank phone calls in Iowa and staying on the lines and tying up the lines so that they couldn't get the, the, the results in. And uh, so, uh, okay, but we know that that's going to happen. We know that Trump is going to, he already is, even Mueller said, this is happening. The Russians are doing this. Right. They're going to interrupt. They are complete. They can't do it. Honestly, they're going to cheat and they are cheating. So what can we do to prepare to protect against that so that we can have accurate counts so that we can have a free and, and, and legitimate election? That's not the last we're going to see. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to have a free, we're not going to have a free and legitimate election. The only way we can win, and I, I I just want to preface this by saying we have a good chance of winning. We we're in a terrific position to win, and we have been all along. That doesn't change, but we have to win overwhelmingly because because we have to offset the Russians. We have to off, offset these people on 4chan who tried to deliberately mess up the Iowa yeah. vote to help Trump. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Russia mounted a denial of service attack on that app that everybody says didn't work. Oh, ah. And that's when, you, that's when you flood the place, the site, which is where all the, the app goes to, yeah. with inquiries so that nobody else can get Whoa. in. Whoa. But, but here's the problem. Iowa and New Hampshire are not representative of the United States. They're not representative at all. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, won. Bernie Sanders can also claim that he won in Iowa. They both got about 25% of the vote with 97% in now. And uh, they they have a legitimate claim to say they won in an all-white state. 92% white state. That's what Iowa is. Bernie Sanders is expected to win in in New Hampshire, too, but that's home territory, and he'll fight that out with Elizabeth Warren. But Let's look at t- today. This is a point I want to make. Let's look at today, the polling in South Carolina. And the polling in South Carolina has Pete Buttigieg at 5.6% and Joe Biden at 35%. Joe Biden has a huge lead, big double-digit lead, maybe even 20 points over everybody else in South Carolina. Now, what's the difference? South Carolina is a state that more represents the, dem- the mixed demographics that exist in the United States now. Okay. I, and I, I still think that nobody's talking about Elizabeth Warren coming in third. To come in mm-hmm. third there, she worked it really hard in Iowa. Her people were there for oh, more than a year. And so I think that was a significant thing. 
and and I do think that women, um, when you get outside of, of Iowa, perhaps, women are going to make the difference, particularly black women, but women in particular are going to be the difference in this election. Mm -hmm. We're tired of seeing our babies getting shot and killed. We're tired of, of, of you know, getting the short end of the stick and, and, and being, you know, raped and discriminated against and all of those other things and beat up. We're tired of it. We, we, and, and to have a, a president currently who is doing this, we show up for the rallies. We show up. We show up at the polls. Women have had it. And we, we truly are not having this anymore. We're, we're, we're done. And we are going to show up and we're going to fight. And if, if Elizabeth Warren is our woman, then I think that's a good thing. I, I really like Elizabeth because I think she hears us. I feel like she gets me. Now, I like Biden, and I, I do, and I like Bernie, but I don't really feel that they get me as a woman. And, and I think just the Iowa caucuses, that Elizabeth came in third, when you look at, it was mostly white people in rural areas because it was done on a Monday night in the middle mm -hmm. of the school week. You know, people couldn't get out. They they wouldn't have a, be able to get babysitters. It was really hard to get out and do that. And turnout was low for that. Right. And still, Elizabeth came in third. I think you put it in a different city. You put it in a different state. You're going to have a different result. Well, and that's the other thing about caucuses, too. The very nature of a caucus, for reasons you've just described, uh, they favor losers. They favor people that have got nothing better to do, who can sit around for four or five hours to cast their vote in a primary. That's not the average person. It's a, it's a microcosm of people who are there, and there's a high percentage of them who got nothing else going on in their life. Yeah, yeah, and and they they like their white men. <laughs> right. We have well, the B boys. You know, that's just we have a, Bernie, Biden, just, and Buttigieg. <laughs> right. Right. So the question for Democrats, yeah. and I think for everybody, is why are we letting white guys go first? I don't know. They're not representative. What happens there isn't reflective of the country. I stop it. Um, in, in the Democratic Party, black people are the kingmakers. Right. There's no black people there. There's no reason for us to do that. There's no Latinos there. There's no Native Americans there. I mean, come on. I mean, um, Julian Castro has been saying this. He's been saying it. Right. Well, this has been said every time for the last four election cycles that I remember. Now we just need yeah. to fix it. Let's do this. Let's you do know, this. We need to fix that. It's not, in the whole scheme of things, it doesn't matter because it's 40 delegates out of 1,000 or more. Okay, so now, now they're in New Hampshire, and there's going to be the next, the eighth presidential, Democratic presidential debate is tomorrow night, which will be for us February 7th. So I don't know when you're listening to this, but that'll be interesting. In, in Manchester, New Hampshire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be interesting. I don't know that I'm going to be able to watch it, but I'm certainly going to try technology being what it is. It, it could be, but it'll be interesting. I, do we know who's going to be on the stage? Do we have an idea? Yeah, I didn't write down the list, but it's the people you would expect. 
you know, it's the top five and I think there might be one or two others. I wish that I'd written down the list. Um, now the next one, Mike Bloomberg is eligible to participate in because they changed wow. the rules for the next debate, which I think happens in Nevada. So I ran into a young boy, the, or a young man the other night, uh, about, probably about 18 or 19 years old. And I didn't realize that he is the son of, of one of my colleagues up here at the Senate, the state Senate. And so I ran into him and he had this Mike Bloomberg. So I said, so you're a Bloomberg supporter, huh? And he goes, yeah, I am. And I said, so can, tell me why. Just, just, just tell me why. And he goes, well, first of all, I'm working for him. And I said, oh, okay. Well, that, <laughs> that explains the shirt. I said, but you know, you're, you really do support him. And he said, yeah, I do. And I said, so tell, tell me about that. And, and he said, well, I really like where he is and what he says and what he does when it comes to guns and safety. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, his money has made a real difference in the fight it for has, gun it laws. Has. And, and I am grateful to him for that. I am. Uh, I, I don't think, I think he gets women even less than, than <laughs> Joe Biden and Bernie do. Um, however, yeah. you know, I mean, I can, I can just, they all have good, good things. You know, I love the fact that, that, you know, my son is gay. I love the fact that, that Buttigieg is gay. You know, I, I think that's amazing. And that he's such a young man and he's, he's, you know, right now, apparently the front runner by a smidge right. um, based on a weird caucus. But, you know, we'll take it. That's all we've got at this point. Um, this shows mm -hmm. us that these four people are at the front and, and this is what, what the numbers look like. So we'll see what New Hampshire looks like. Do you think it's going to be different because it's, a, it's an election? Do you think it will be big difference? Yeah, I think it'll definitely really? be different. I think that Buttigieg will do much worse. Well, it's, you know, it's a an affinity thing. He did well in Iowa because people like him because he's yeah. kind of a, you know, the folksy farm boy yeah. type. Um, in New Hampshire, uh, the affinity is towards Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth yeah. Warren. That'll be interesting. And they're kind of lukewarm on Joe Biden too. I think in the, in the Excel corridor, which includes Washington and goes up to Pennsylvania, people love Joe Biden. Okay. But everybody's got their regional favorite. And in New Hampshire, the regional favorites are Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, and I expect them to do very well. I've been hearing, you know, Biden admit that it felt like a, a gut punch right. to lose in, 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 in Iowa, and I'll bet it did. I watched him a little bit on CNN last night in, in the, the town hall, and, and uh, you know, he, when he talked about stuttering um, and, and answered this nun's question, they let him talk for about 20 minutes on that or more. And I was touched by it. The reason that it got to me is because he was getting real. When Joe Biden is real, when he's authentic, it takes a lot of courage to be that authentic, to not just be spouting out political talking points, you know? I think, I'm going to make a prediction here and now that I think whoever has the courage to be that authentic, consistently authentic, real, to, to not spout out political platitudes and, and, and placate to, to uh, the, the voters, that that's who's going to get it. 
because that's who's going to relate to the voters. I mean, I got to tell you, Joe Biden had me for 20 minutes. He had me right there. Well, Joe's, Joe's mistake or not mistake, depending on how you look at it, was when you're the front runner in an election, and you probably know this having been a front runner, <laughs> um, the best thing to do is not pick fights with anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to increase your danger. Yeah. If you're in front, you don't want to yeah. increase your danger. And, and he ran a very reserved front runner campaign. But what he didn't notice is that people were sneaking up behind him and, uh, and it was much more competitive than he ever imagined. I, I, I also think he didn't have a good team on the ground in Iowa. And that may be a central office problem or it may be an Iowa problem. They, they dumped the Iowa chair. I just but, hope uh, that most of the voters around the country understand that the caucus tells us nothing. That Iowa caucus right. tells us nothing. Do not look at it as a foretelling of the future because of past history. Do not look at it as a real ranking of the candidates because I don't believe right. it is. You know, I mean, Tulsi Gabbard could have, you know, <laughs> won that thing. That was such a, a debacle. Uh, you know, it, right. it, 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 it was it was a fluster cluck. <laughs> <laughs> I have to really think uh, before I say that. <laughs> I, I, I think I think we still don't have to market not safe for work or you know explicit yeah, no, no, or no, anything. No, no. We're, that, we're so good. Very well done. <laughs> I'm gonna start using you know Babylon Five or what is it? Uh, I don't. I remember. I forget the TV show where they said frack all the time when they actually meant the word you're familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just have a substitute vocabulary uh, that allows us yeah. to, to express our true feelings. Um, you know, but Biden is in trouble. He went into Iowa with no yeah. money. And the thing is, you got to keep the money flowing. Yeah. You got to make people believe in you to keep the money flowing. And he's in trouble financially right now. I mean, he's had to pull back on events in Iowa because he does I mean in New Hampshire because he doesn't have the money. And meanwhile that's not a good position to be Bernie in. Bernie and Elizabeth are still beating up on Pete Buttigieg because Pete Buttigieg is doing right. these high dollar donor, these these big corporate donors, these these mega rich people going to them for money. And he has to because he doesn't have the name recognition that, that Biden and, and right. Warren have or that 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 any of the other three have. Sanders now. Sanders and Warren. Yeah. And Bernie Sanders raised uh, $25 million last quarter and Elizabeth Warren was like 18. I don't remember the exact That's number, but it was up a there. lot of bucks. And <laughs> they are really, and, and all small donors because they don't have bundlers. Yeah. They don't have packs. They don't have any of that. They Here's just have. The thing. Small donors vote. Once they give you $5, you got them. They're yours right. because if uh -huh. $5 is all they can afford and they contributed to your campaign, oh, honey, they like you. They are with you. Right. You're going to have to do something really bad to get rid of them. They're with you. It's about more than the money. It is. It is. Yeah. That's, that's why, you know, well, I, I, I hate fundraising and it's a part of, of campaigning and I, I, I absolutely hate it. However, by the way, I, I said something to uh, Victoria's campaign, and I urge everyone to send some money to her campaign. Uh, I don't remember the link. What is it? Um, VictoriaSteelForSenate.com. 
Perfect.com. VictoriaSteelForSenate.com. You used to have Victoria Steel for House yeah, a lot back, back in, in the, the day, day, didn't you? Yes, yes. And at one point yeah. I had Victoria Steel for Congress, but I lost that one. But, yeah. uh, you know, it showed me that, that the money is important. It is. If I had had just $50,000 more in my congressional campaign, I could have done television. And those people mm -hmm. that didn't know me and voted for the other guy who had television ads, I right. would have beaten them because we, we were like 1,600 votes apart. It was so close. And it showed me the importance of money. But it's one of the things that just irks me is this, this, um, this perception that the money is what makes a candidate viable the money is what makes a candidate candidate electable and men generally have more access to the money because they run in those circles women usually are not at the table that's interesting i wouldn't have thought of that but it makes sense yeah women are usually not at the table so so it's, it's a system that i i think i i learned from bernie in that last election and in the 2016 election that you get you get a lot of people to give you a little bit of money and you got a movement and that's what i've yeah. been doing is is like you don't have to give me $25,000 you can but well no you can't you can only give me you know a few thousand but you give me $10 and you give me $10 every month you do it on a, like a recurring thing yeah that helps that allows me to pay my campaign team it allows me to do what i have to do to get reelected and so that that gives us all a, a lot and and i like that elizabeth and bernie are doing that um i think i understand that Buttigieg can't do it that way because he doesn't know enough people people don't know him um he was good to in in iowa because he went door to door and people liked him he's a nice likable young man they like him and i like him too i think he's pretty smart well he also had an extra five days of campaigning well, everybody else was at the what was that thing called the impeachment trial the impeachment <laughs> oh my God. yes the trial How quickly we forget but you know you're talking about money it makes me want to circle back for just a minute sure. and then we'll move on to something else to mike bloomberg oh yeah we can't ignore my no, i mean you know i kind of blew off mike bloomberg yeah, I did. A uh, couple of shows ago, and but we can't um, we can't really do that. He bought ten percent just with TV ads. Yeah, that's all he's got. He's got TV ads, and he bought ten percent a ten percent of people who say they will now vote for yeah. him. So we cannot ignore yeah. the value of money. I don't know <laughs> no, if it takes you over the top. I, I, I don't think we can ignore it. I'm not even suggesting that we ignore it, but. I, I just, there's something in the heart of my heart that says it, it's not about the money. It's about who you are and what you care about and what you can do and what you've done. It, it, it's really, that it, it's about who you are as a person. And it's not about the bottom dollar on your, the bottom line of your bank balance. It's not, whether it's a campaign balance or, or your personal wealth, it's just not. That shouldn't mean that, that wealthy people don't get to play. But I, I honestly, I am terribly resentful of Mike Bloomberg because 
he can come in and blow really hardworking, good candidates who have been working for years to do this. And he, he decides at the last minute he's going to do it. He's going to just throw money in. And there are better things he could do with his money to shore up the fact that we get somebody good. He could get behind, he could throw his money behind one of these other candidates that could be the, the, the president. He could throw his money behind people who are going to replace Mitch McConnell. He could do that. He could get rid of Joni, or Joni Ernst and, and what's her face in, in Alaska. You know, I mean, it's, seriously, <laughs> there's so much he could do with his money. And crazy Deb, Debbie Lesko, who got a shout out from the president oh, today when he was right. patting himself oh, on the back. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Did he throw a kiss to Martha McSally? I mean, please. Yeah. Well, that's fine. You know, she's not coming back. Oh, no. This is her last time. Bye-bye, Martha. She's not coming back. <laughs> and she's being replaced by a really good guy who's also very important in the gun rights movement. I mean, the gun control movement. Yeah, Mark Kelly. Um, an astronaut. But money does buy you a seat at the table that maybe you haven't earned. <laughs> You know, that's what you happened with, you know, heard? whatever you think of Mike Bloomberg, and I have to, and I have to, I know you fought that battle yourself, uh -huh. and I have to say, Bloomberg's ads are great. Yeah. They're really good. They're really kind of warrior ads, just what we need now. Yeah. And he has promised that even if he doesn't the win the nomination, <laughs> right, he has promised that if he doesn't win the nomination, he will keep his team together to help whoever does yeah. through November. Yeah. Now, I think that's a very clever, I think that's a very clever um, strategy for ins inserting yourself in the race. Yeah. But, you it's, know, if it's true that it's another, it you know, it's another way we, we can win. It feels like a not level playing field. And, and it just, it goes against my sense of fairness. Um, and, you know, and I'm not saying that he wouldn't be a great president or that he could, could or couldn't beat Trump. It just feels unfair. Um, that's just my I'm, I'm pretty sure it could beat Trump. I'm not, I'm not willing to go he would be a great president <laughs> <laughs> because he was, you know, an effective mayor, but he wasn't a great mayor. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of things he did that weren't that yeah. great. Um, well, we should probably move on. All right. What's next? <laughs> no idea. I think we're done. <laughs> we're going to talk about the oh, State we of the done? Union. We're going to talk about impeachment. And then we're going to talk about the campaign caucus in, or the, the caucus in Iowa. And we don't yeah. did that. We're done. Okay. Say bye, well, Jimmy. <laughs> 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 bye-bye. <laughs> as, as, well, wait a second. As we depart, I want to leave you with a few minutes, 30 seconds of the speech that Adam Schiff gave the day before oh, the impeachment vote. I think it's really important. I think Adam Schiff is both the hero and somebody who will be remembered as a grand orator in the history books. So here's that. Bye-bye. Uh, you have a great time. Listen to Adam and Schiff. And we'll see you soon. Listen to this. Listen to Adam Schiff. He has betrayed our national security, and he will do so again. He has compromised our elections, and he will do so again. You will not change him. You cannot constrain him. He is who he is. Truth matters little to him. What's right matters even less, and decency matters not at all. I do not ask you to convict him because truth or right or decency matters nothing to him, but because we have proven our case and it matters to you. Truth matters to you. Right matters to you. You are decent.
He is not. Well, that's it for today's show. If you find yourself saying, wait, what? Don't worry, we'll be back next week. Subscribe to Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele on your favorite podcast app or visit waitwhat.media and try out our quick takes. So here's the thing, commentary from Victoria Steele and the Zop topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price.